0: Hello and welcome to the fifth podcast from the technology team at Cancer Research UK. I'm Josie.
1: And I'm Graham. Uh, We started this podcast to help tell the story of what we do at Cancer Research UK in the hope that other charities and people who are interested in technology will find it helpful or interesting to hear about our experiences. And in this episode, we're going to be speaking to Ashley Hickman, who is a Senior Marketing Services Manager at Cancer Research UK.
0: Welcome, Ashley. Good to Hi. have you here. thanks. thanks for having me. I think we'll we'll jump straight in. Um we usually ask our guests to um, tell us a little bit about themselves. So yeah, can you talk a little bit about your background, um how you got to your current role? Let's see you
2: yeah, I can do that. Um, I have been working in direct marketing for 12 years, and I worked primarily in the publishing sector doing um, subscription, managing the subscription business, rather, for uh, magazines and journals. So it was very, very data-led work. Um, and then we um, went through an interesting process in a way that I kind of started working in the industry when it was very print-based and got to be involved in the evolution into digital and that's not just the publications themselves but just the the digital world so kind of got a background doing quite a lot of digital marketing um, and use those skills eventually to move into Macmillan cancer support um, where I actually I helped them build their CRM system and come up with their database marketing framework Um, so it was how to contact supporters and how to do it Uh, digitally and then I moved here about in October last year just to try something different and see what I could do.
0: Nice. And can you just tell us a little bit about so what your team does um, and where you sit within the wider structure of CLUK?
2: Yep. Um, so the marketing services team is um, effectively like a marketing operations team in that we support uh, the other marketing teams around the organization. But we are unique in that we're made up of data and digital specialists. So we have the data selections team, which provides all of, well, as you would expect, all of the data to the other marketing teams. And then we have our digital channel owners in my team. So that's uh, email, PPC, our campaign tracking, um, and uh, soon to be a new role, which we'll be talking about in a bit. Um, but it's, it's quite a unique position in that uh, we get to work with all the other teams, we get experience working across products, uh, and we're effectively there just to, to help and support and advise the other teams. Um, and that's, that's it, really, I guess
1: you've mentioned that you used to work in macmillan and various other places in the, in the past you know past few years what do you think the marketing set of Cancer research uk is like and and does that at all differ to places that where you've worked in the past?
2: Um, it's really different, actually. Yeah. Um, the marketing function I've seen at Cancer Research UK is uh, it's based across products. So it's split uh, my products and often within those products by channels, whereas everywhere I've worked before, it's been a centralized marketing function. Mm. So the marketers are skilled across different channels um, and they work across different products. So in a way, they're kind of, they can be like a, a one-man band of all the different marketing skills, whereas here, as I said, it's very much product-led skills. Yeah. When you talk about product, what do you mean? Um, what I would mean as, uh, say, Race for Life itself is one team, so they have their own marketing team and Stand Up to Cancer has their own marketing team, whereas previously, say, at McMillan, you are one marketing team that works across, as it would happen in that instance, say, um, world's biggest coffee morning and your challenge events, as opposed to being a specialist in just one fundraising area. Yeah.
1: Having been here for around seven months, I think you said. Now, do you think that there's any benefits to having the separate teams, or do you think having it as a centralized marketing team in the past has worked quite well? With what's your experience been so far in that respect, or
2: um, I think that there's the pros and cons to it. Yeah. So I guess uh, the obvious benefits being that you are an expert in your product, you know it inside and out, uh, you know how your audience reacts, you really understand your audience. But at the same time, it's, it's good to be, sort of, when you're working in those silos, you don't see necessarily what other teams are doing and you don't know um, what marketing initiatives one team's doing over here that you might not be doing, you can't necessarily learn from that. Um, That, and there's just not as much skill sharing as that innately happens when you are working as one centralized team because you can just wheel over to someone and ask them for for help on something whereas you might not necessarily know when you're working in kind of a silo who your counterpart in another team is that you might be able to ask for that advice. So there's a pros and cons. Yeah,
1: I think the knowledge sharing thing is something I've noticed quite a lot over my experience at CRUK, but I think it's I think it's something that we're getting a bit better at. But yeah, I, th- I think it's it's yeah it's clearly something that we we need to work on and it we need to focus on. absolutely
2: is. Um, it's one thing that we, as marketing services, in in that unique position that we are, that we as a centralized team have an overview of what the other teams are doing. Uh, we're hoping to sort of help break down the silos a bit and have that knowledge sharing. We're starting very slowly um, with various kind of cross team get togethers uh, whether it's channel based or if it's even just a drop in session but we're we're trying to get there slowly but surely
1: yeah and and one of the things that we wanted to focus on in this conversation today was the role of sorry how the role of marketing is changing and so I was wondering whether you could tell us a little bit about some of the changes that you've seen over your time as a marketer and and why you think these changes have came about
2: I think the the most obvious thing, and I kind of alluded to it before, is that marketing is becoming intrinsically more of a digital channel. Um, I mean, the world is becoming digital. Uh, I actually I was at um, Marketing Week Live a few weeks ago and uh, had found some very interesting information. So apparently, according to Salesforce, sixty percent of all transactions are now digital, whereas previously shopping used to be a sort of a, a linear journey, and that you would see. An ad for a product, say on television or in print, and you would go online, you would order it. Uh, now there are so many different digital interventions in there, there are 56 on average, uh, average 56 touch points before a consumer makes a purchase. Wow. And when you think about that, that is a lot of noise out there. That
0: That's insane, it's, yeah. It's
2: mad. Um, it's it's a lot that a marketer or well, an organization, anyone has to, to cut through in order to get their product or their message in front of the right person. And I think one of the most important ways that you can do that is you have to have that digital expertise to know how to get your message in front of the right people at the right time and to cut through that noise. Um, and what goes hand in hand with that as well is it's not just the knowledge of the digital channels, but it's knowledge of your data. And that's largely just the analysis and the insights you have into your consumer behaviors and how your consumers interact with your product. They just go hand in hand. And that's how the role has changed from a traditional form of marketing effectively when it was very contextual Mm. in that uh, you would sort of, you work on the context in which they might see a campaign or make a purchase, whereas now it's all very consumer-led and you need to, the consumer wants what they want and they want it now
0: and that's Mm. how things have changed in the digital era. There's that big loop, isn't there, with the insights and the feedback mm-hmm. and feeding into just continual, Absolutely. perpetual loop. <laughs> and so, you, you mentioned like the role um, sort of becoming and moving towards sort of digital. How do you go about assessing existing digital skills within your team? Um, that's quite interesting because shortly before I started, uh, Cancer Research UK
2: actually brought a consultancy in to do a. Marketing skills audit on the marketing teams. Um, and uh, the results from that uh, were that they're effectively key areas that we, uh, four key areas rather, that we need to improve on. So there's focusing more on the consumer, which we've just kind of touched on as the all important mm. thing, um, prioritizing data and insights, and putting the emphasis into integrated marketing. Uh, it's a concept that e consultancy is very sort of. They're spearheading, the modern marketer, and that a modern marketer needs to have the core traditional marketing skills mixed with what was typically considered specialist digital mm. and data skills. Um, and as you you hit the nail on the head, actually, Josie, when you said that, um, I mean, they all go together, really, because you need to you need to understand the customer behavior with using your insights in order to reach them in the way that they want to be used, and it is. Just that the loop that doesn't really close, it just keeps going, mm. a spiral, maybe.
0: Mm. And you're sitting with two UX designers here as well. Yeah. So exactly. <laughs> we, we totally get it. Um, and then so you also speak a little bit about sort of, um, you know, being more modern and, and um, modernity. But what steps have you taken to try and become um, that sort of modern marketing team?
2: A couple of things. Like, number one, um, it's just bringing it back to the consumer, as I mentioned uh, to before. And it's not just that the fundraising and marketing director at Cancer Research UK wants to do that. It is one of their strategic priorities to become supporter centric. But uh, according to your consultancy, 90% of marketers said their top priority for 2019 is to become more customer centric and to understand their customer journeys. Is
0: that across the marketing industry?
2: Yeah, the yeah. whole marketing industry. Yeah. Um, So what we want to do in our first step is to understand how our supporters engage with our messaging and our offering on our websites, our products and everything. So uh, here we go. The the big reveal. Uh, We've hired a a UXer in the marketing services team. (laughs) Um, And she's going to help us map and decipher those supporter
1: journeys and effectively better understand the supporters' behavior. Mm. So what are you expecting from the, the UX role within the marketing services team, and how do you see it integrating with the rest of the team? What do you think might change? Um, well, I mean, if, if Chelsea is listening, then I'm expecting loads of you.
0: <laughs> 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 Take note.
1: <laughs> I'll share her the link. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the main thing is Chelsea will have to start working with the various marketing teams, but also our technical web analyst, who's Heath, and sits within the marketing services team. And they'll be quite um, integral and... Just doing all that analytics to find out how the consumers or supporters are interacting, rather, with our sites. Um, And then just to to map out those journeys and document the audience's online journeys for all of us to look at. And then through that, it's kind of understanding how they engage, how they prefer to engage. So there'll be a lot of uh, user interviews um, further to what has already happened. And then working with the insights team, I think, is quite important to... um, kind of create uh, supportive personas. Yeah. Um, so should we, we have a better understanding of what it is exactly they want and how they want to get that really. And then really it's just reviewing and helping to optimize uh, those journeys. So working with the marketing teams and within our team again, how that would change the shape of our team is that Because we work with different channels, Um, Chelsea will also be working with Mandy, who is our PPC marketing manager, and Gemma, who's our email marketing manager, just to understand and possibly marry up the supporter experiences across channels. So I wasn't kidding when I said I expect loads of her. She's (laughs) definitely got her work cut out for her.
0: Feels like there's so many joining of dots. There, there, there really you know? are. Mm. I mean,
2: that could be a journey in itself that mm. <laughs> we have to explore. How and we join f- our dots.
0: You spoke, Graham, about like the silos, and, yeah. and this sounds like it's it's a really good opportunity to be starting to like break down those. As Absolutely. Well. Mm. So yeah. no pressure, Chelsea. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so just another question to touch on the UX role in in the marketing services team is that, um, how do you see the UX role in your team working? with uh, other user experience designers in the charity, and, and is the organization, as far as you're aware, set up to support this?
2: Um, well, I'm gonna throw that back to you guys, <laughs> uh, because Chelsea has been in her post for a whole of two days, so it's gonna be a learning curve, uh, both for Chelsea and myself, mm. um, so I'd, I'd like to know your feedback about how it's, how it's worked so far.
0: Is it helpful if we talk a little bit about the setup of, of what the, sort of the great. UX team? I'm learning too. Yeah. So <laughs> I guess I guess it's probably important to note. So that we have we have the central UX team that sits within technology, but more and more we are we have been creating these roles. So like Chelsea's that that sit in different areas, areas of the business. So we have um, in fundraising um, and marketing. So in the sort of community development area, looking at volunteers. We've also got somebody now um, working with sort of the about cancer and very closest to the nurses and the cancer information. And so I think that's probably the fact that we've got this role in this marketing team is, is kind of a next iteration of, of where we've kind of been moving. And we spoke a lot in the technology strategy episode with Anabinia about kind of devolving skills. And I think this, this is just probably it. An example of that, but so I believe the, the UX role in your um, team is going to be sort of dot line reporting into um, you know our UX lead. Yep. So and and she will be coming to our kind of like we have teams or show and tell sessions because we all work on independent projects and and we're working sort of in different areas of the organization, but we make sure that we come come together and provide support for each other and and, and things like that.
1: Yeah, I think um, having two members of our team. Sitting out in different areas of the business does it. It's really good to see what they do with a hundred percent of their focus on that area. Where I think for most of us, our our roles and projects and and products that we work on is is quite often a mixture of of different with different areas of the business, and and sometimes you you really want to get that hundred percent focus in one area. So I think. For example, with with Rich, who, who who was up until recently sitting downstairs working in research and innovation, having just a hundred percent of your time focused on that, I think it gives you real real clarity. But then the um, the communication that we have with him in our in our sessions every every couple of weeks and 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 on on Slack as well gives us the uh, the ability to see what he's doing and then bring any of the um, any of the learns back in the central team as well. So I think there's there's a two way um benefit to having embedded UXs out and around the business that gives us a kind of overview or, or gives us insight into things that we previously wouldn't we wouldn't have had the ability to get.
0: And I also think it's it's really good for building empathy with the rest of the organisation because mm-hmm. we you know we do partner and we do work with you know other teams, um, but we're still kind of from our secure base, our secure hub, you know in, within technology. And I mean, I'm currently on Scommon at the moment, so I'm in the emerging technology team, um, looking at sort of tech innovation. But it's it's given me new insights just being kind of out there in the world so yeah it's really I think that communication sort of super important
1: um, yeah I think you can understand the challenges and um, frustrations that maybe other teams out in the business have with, with our directorate when you're outside of the, when you're on the other side of the fence, which mm-hmm. is is, yeah, it, I mean, if we're being completely honest, that's that's definitely one of the things and one of the benefits that we've had from having kind of half in, half out resource, if that mm. makes sense. So,
0: But it's super exciting and I think it also you know, we're really keen to kind of build these communities of practice mm-hmm. around the whole organisation and um, yeah, and it just comes down to like breaking down silos, keeping up communication um yeah and just strengthening the whole the whole of the organization in this area and actually you know talking about sort of being user-centric and the fact that the the whole marketing industry i mean that's just like music music to (laughs) our ears you know as an organization i think we are we are really you know as part of our strategy we want to be involving you know our patients and you know our, our supporters and things like that so much more so this is this is just helping to strengthen everything really I think it's a really exciting time. Yes. So welcome, Chelsea. How do you expect marketing roles to change in future? And like, how are you planning to stay ahead of the curve?
2: I think sort of as we, we touched on before is marketers definitely need to have this all around knowledge. They need to be these modern marketers. And they need to be absolutely adept at data analysis and measurement. Another thing that came out of a presentation I was at at Marketing Week is that Currently, fifty six sorry, fifty six percent of marketers don't believe that their teams are data informed, mm. um, which is really interesting given that uh, big data and data driven have been words that have been thrown around quite a bit in the last few years. Um, and I think so. I think that they really need to understand their analysis because if they don't, if they're unable to do that, then they yeah. won't be obviously be able to apply it. Um, and we are in a a kind of a post opt in post-GDPR world and we're moving um, possibly soon, possibly not, possibly before May, uh, into having this e-privacy regulation that's uh, sitting with the EU Council for debate at the moment, which will just change the way we can contact people. So again, that's something that um, marketers need to be aware of and they need to understand the repercussions of that and how they use their data to work along with that, alongside it, as opposed to around, which I almost said, don't work around it. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think it's, su- it's such a hot topic at the moment and like lots of conversations are happening and I think the consumers becoming so much more aware of what 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 their data is being used for mm. and and kind of wanting that con- control over it so it's it's super relevant at the moment.
2: Absolutely and as consumers are becoming more aware of it marketers absolutely have to have to know everything there is to know about it and how to use that. Um, but then alongside that again because it's all digital world and with this e privacy um regulation that will be coming out. Uh, I think it's marketers, as I mentioned, the modern marketer need to have both the digital and uh, traditional skills, but not in the sense that they have the vocabulary, the knowledge of both, so they can talk about it, but they need to be able to do both uh, in the sense that uh, traditionally a marketer you know, their key, their key skills would be commercial awareness and agency and stakeholder management. These Marketers still need to be able to do that, but they need to have the digital advertising expertise to also be able to go in and, and write their KPIs and understand their metrics. Um, and it's only in that way that you can really write the strategy around it. And it's in understanding all of that, it's the only way to get to your consumer because it's all reflected around the consumer and the way that the consumer thinks. So I think it's really important that everyone has those modern marketing skills, and what we're doing as an organization, we're in the early stages of it, is trying to find kind of whatever, at the moment, free learning um, we can provide to our marketers, but also looking for a long-term solution further down the road for some some paid e-learning possibly to just help upskill with those necessary uh, skills, I suppose, that we need.
1: I mean, when when I first started at CIEK, I, I worked as for a year as a data selections executive before oh. I went into marketing to work as a marketing executive and then senior marketing executive. But having that data background gave me a lot more um, confidence and all, like, a lot more awareness of not just what the team I'd moved into were doing, but also other teams around the business and how, especially before we've touched on opt-in before that time where where direct marketing or traditional direct marketing was a lot more prevalent Mm -hmm. being able to understand there's only a finite amount of of you know supporters that you can speak to and and every everybody in the business wants to speak Mm -hmm. um to them about their own you know product or their own um area um and i think now that opt-in is is uh, has happened and a lot of what we're doing now is is more online um i don't I don't necessarily think that is, is as much of an emphasis, but what I do think now we should be doing, especially for being able to emphasize or, or identify um, problems our supporters are having is that I think most marketing roles now should should be comfortable uh, at the online analytics and, and, and Google Analytics and, and, and utilizing some of the tools that we use as well, like Hotjar, that kind of thing, um, because that's how you understand problems that you're your supporters and your users are having firsthand. And and, and if you can see them, then, then you can react quite quickly and, and work with the teams that we've got and the resources that we've got within Cancer Research UK to try and come up with a solution.
2: I think you're absolutely right. That's, that's really where a supporter becomes the focus, we're saying, because one thing that GDPR sort of and the post-opt-in era sort of did for us was that... It was effectively a giant list cleanse. And yep. now the people who are engaging, the people who want to be engaged with you, so we need to be able to engage with them the way, the way that they want us to yeah. in, or that they want to be engaged with. Mm. Um, it's just putting everything back in their hands, really. And you're absolutely right. Marketers should be able to, to have the knowledge and the tools to be able to, to do that. And it's working out yeah. the problems and their behaviors so that you know how
1: to, to reach them the right yeah. way. And I actually, think from my experience, anyway, um, that we have been making progress in that direction, um, and and there is a real appetite within the marketing teams, um, and and a real culture change within that those teams to kind of want to learn. Absolutely. And I think I think there's there's the other side of it is that are, are we are we giving them the the right resources and the, and and the right encouragement and um, that's needed from our side. Well. absolutely
2: and I think that's one thing that we're trying to, to work on at the yeah. moment
0: do you think there's also the danger of kind of like wanting these like marketing digital kind of unicorns <laughs> you know <laughs> <laughs> that do sort of like everything they're all singing and dancing because I know I know sort of within the experience we sort of talk about the T-shaped skills yeah. so you've got you know you your basic kind of understanding of, like, research and design, information architecture, whatever the facets are, but then you might have one person that's kind of, like, you know, their re- special- speciality and their experience is really in research and somewhere else is the metrics and the analytics and stuff. Do you Is it the same kind of makeup within the marketing teams? I think it is at the moment.
2: Um, so, as I mentioned previously with uh, marketing services, you have your sort of channel owners that so we have Our, our Email team and PPC, um, and you're kind of tracking an analytics team, and each other marketing team has someone who is, is an expert in or specialist in that channel. But overall, it's it would be marketing services team that kind of supports the other teams in actually getting sort of getting the marketing. I don't want to say getting the marketing right.
0: I think just the best the, the, it can be. Yeah, yes, absolutely. Making sort of use of those complementary skills. Absolutely. Yeah. Um so say we might be the ones going in and
2: actually sending a campaign in Adobe or setting up a campaign in PPC and AdWords, but it's the other teams who are coming to us to because they know what they want, it's just that they might not have the expertise to go in and set it all up.
1: Do you think there are any other organizations or charities out there who are doing modern marketing? Well, that that you've that you've noticed in in recent history,
2: um, I think the number one that comes to mind, and I think it's probably because it's it's on the front of everyone's mind, or anyone who writes about marketing, or anyone who gets asked this question, is probably Virgin, um, Virgin as a whole, Virgin Media, Virgin um, Atlantic. They're just they're really 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 good with the their use of data, they get things uh, personalized very well at almost every touch point on the customer journey. And um, I mean, it's something to aspire to. But at the same time, they have a lot of money and probably a lot more people behind it. Mm. Um, but I think there are there are small, like quick wins, things to learn from uh, you can look at even if it's if it is just looking at just their level of personalization. And I know our our data has a long way to go before it, it gets there. But um it's something to aspire to. That's for yeah. sure. I
0: think it's always worthwhile looking at other, you know, organisations and and across sectors and stuff. And because, you know, there are you know just as for inspiration and just there, if there are little bits that you can do with the resources that you have, then that's oh, that's absolutely. all moving towards the right direction. I've, right? I've been doing that for years, borrowing yeah. ideas. <laughs>
1: yeah, my uh, my girlfriend's a copywriter for um, Virgin Media. Actually, so oh, she'll really? be really should be pleased. With <laughs> there, I have a
2: friend who works in marketing there. Should yeah. be pleased
1: to, to hear that as well. <laughs> Anyone else got any mates? <laughs> other service providers are available. Yeah. Um, cool. And, and do you, would you say you have any advice for um, any other marketers out there who might be looking to become more digital or more modern?
2: Um, I say I mean, I've got quite a few bits. And I think I've mentioned them before. And Jesse, you just mentioned one. Is I'm always looking at what other companies are doing. whether And it's not just within the charity sector. And I've, I've always I've picked companies to follow. Um, and you just look at what they what they do well, what they do not so well, and take those learnings. Yeah. I mentioned the our marketing services marketing resources library. I'm I'm constantly like every week I've been doing it for years, just reading white papers and doing webinars. Um, we have a marketing email that we send. The marketing services team sends out to the all marketers at CRUK. We include links to various resources and webinars and marketers to follow. I do follow loads of them on on LinkedIn to see what they have to say um, I think whatever free learning you can get as well like I have mentioned Marketing Week live I could go every year and well it. it's getting busier and busier and harder and harder to actually listen in on some of the sessions um, there's always something that's interesting and it's just it's following it's just knowing what the industry trends are what mm. they're predicting for the following year I think it's, it's keeping your ear to the ground signing up to Marketing Week the drum and mm. and with charity even um third sector does a lot of reporting on uh charity campaigns that are out there so there's there's a lot i I probably get about 10 different newsletters in my my inbox every day just keeping up with with what's going on so just absorb all the free learning you can. but also your peers i think is a great one um just ask the person next to you bounce ideas off people um you you never know i i don't think the people on my team knew that i'm been working in direct, like, well, direct marketing specifically, I came in to do a separate role, and yet mm. my whole career was based on all that, that fun direct marketing when you could just direct market to virtually anybody.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think in terms of sharing within our team, we're quite good at that, Josie. I think you'd agree that um, a lot of the articles or recommendations for improvements to tests or whatever it is come from within, and, and everyone's really kind of collaborative and happy to take a look over things and and share
0: yeah Um, we have we have sort of slack channels and things where people you know share resources and stuff like that and it's on
1: a really like kind of casual ad hoc basis um, and it's yeah, it's nothing too formal and I think that's kind of the right approach to take for, for that situation so. and I think we could learn from you guys mm-hmm. in that respect absolutely and
0: you can sign me up to the, the email the marketing service. email oh, I will email. do <laughs> <laughs> that's all about knowledge sharing <laughs> um, thank you so much I think uh, have you got any more questions Graham no. Okay. <laughs> um, thank you so much um, it's, it's been a pleasure to hearing a bit more about your team and, and the kind of work you're doing and I love that you know I think our teams are starting to collaborate Absolutely. Um, and that you know as an organisation that we're becoming more centric and um, long may that continue so thank you for listening and we hope you enjoyed hearing from Ashley uh, Ashley's Twitter handle is twitter.com forward slash ash underscore hickers if you want to follow her and we'll add um, her handle and all of the information in the show Show notes if you'd like to hear more from the technology team at CRUK you can find us on our linkedin page
1: and you can also read the technology blog at medium.com if you search for cancer research UK tech team blog if you'd like to get in touch with the podcast team directly you can send us an email to techteampodcast at cancer.org.uk and we'd love to hear from you the links will be included in the show notes for this episode and also thanks to steve burke for producing the podcast
0: and thank you to everyone who gave us positive feedback on the last episode with chris flood who came on to talk about the design principles Uh, that episode is available to download now um, if you'd like to listen as with um, all of our previous episodes if you like the podcast please share it on your networks leave us a review and subscribe thank you